Good evening and welcome to the Iron Abbey in Horsham. Bob Long, Eric Nash, Alex Krasowski here for Vuvu Soccer as USA takes on Ecuador in the quarterfinal round of Copa America. And boys, this is fantastic. It's a great atmosphere for soccer. It's a great night. The Iron Abbey is rocking as always, one of our certainly one of our favorite spots to go. And uh, USA has an opportunity here after a very underwhelming first game against Colombia. They came back, played extremely well the rest of the way, won the group, and now play the number two seed uh, out of the other group. That's Ecuador. Right now, Ecuador pressing a bit forward, but the United States guys, do you feel confident in what this team brings to the table tonight? Well, who's the favorite? I think Eric said it was pretty close, 50-50, the odds. And, you know, really, I don't know much about Ecuador. It, it almost varies bookie to bookie across the world. Sure. Very close pick. Both teams are about minus, uh, or I'm sorry, plus 175, give or take $5-10. Well, coming into this game, you're right, it was about 50-50. Jurgen Klinsmann said about the same in his pregame comments. Ecuador came very close here in the opening minutes, but guys, remember just about a month ago, the United States lost 1-0 to this Ecuador team, and they didn't have one of, uh, one of their stars in that game, actually two of their starting 11. They didn't have starting that game, and so uh, there is absolutely, I think, some reason for concern. I mean, anytime you get to a, a game of this magnitude, a match like this, you know you're playing a good team. This Ecuadorian team has yet to win a knockout round match outside uh, the, the country of Ecuador in a long, long time, and so now they have an opportunity here to go to the Pacific Northwest and play the United States. I think we got to make our predictions, Bob, because the game's already a couple minutes old. All right. What do you have, Eric? I'm, you know, I don't I, – I, I'm picking Ecuador, and I'm going to tell you why. Because we are, we are coming in trying to steal this wonderful tournament, which I'm sure the people in South America aren't totally thrilled with. Because it's a real – in my opinion, why, well, why is this tournament here? It's a, in part a money grab, if that's what you're trying to get at. I mean, every – time they do this they invite a few teams that are not in the footprint meaning south america to compete this time they invited mexico the united states and because it's the centenario or the hundredth year anniversary of the tournament it was deemed that it would be played here in the united states of america you know when the centenario well the said you know when the copa america was played last where is that when it was played last when it was played last yeah last year that's correct so it's supposed to be an every four-year tournament. That's correct? right, right. So I, I'm not saying it's so much. Of a, of a, when I'm looking, when I say it's a cash grab, Bob, I'm thinking more along the lines of the U.S. trying to show that they can put on a big show to uh, to kind of lure the uh, the next World Cup that's going to be up for grabs here. That's what I'm, I'm I'm thinking that they're trying to prove to to the soccer world that they can do this. And that's absolutely true. I yeah. think the fact that they got this now, they see this as that opportunity. But that doesn't explain why the United States got the tournament in the first place. Some other group of federations needed to decide that this was the place they were going to have it. And I think the U.S. saying, hey, listen, we want to host a big tournament so we can host the World Cup, you know, that's not the only reason. It's the facilities. Uh, it's the money that the federations can gain out of this. And also the fact that the United States can put on a good event and there is something to the 100th year anniversary. And there's certainly a great melting pot in this country of South Americans and Central Americans, specifically Mexicans and Peruvians and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, certainly there's a great flavor to the tournament, you know. 
and the different areas where they're having the games have different, you know, different geographical, uh, you know, countries represented heavily. So I, I get all I get all of that, but but I think that to me this would be tantamount to the hundredth anniversary of the Super Bowl uh, being played in China. You know what I mean? Just picking some other country. Where we can, where maybe they can make more money on it, you know. Hey, you know what? I, yeah. Do not be do not be surprised if at some point the Super Bowl is played in London. I at would be some I would point. be very surprised. And then the reason I, I think it is is because it's a one game event. And let's face it, it's it's a t, it's all about the the TV and the radio market when it comes to the Super Bowl and the commercial time. It's very little about you know how many fans are in the seats. You know what I mean? Right. So I don't know why they would. I mean, I I, I don't get it. It's I about growing. Is, I mean, to the NFL specifically, it would be about growing the game. They're thinking about putting a franchise in London, and Tottenham, with the new White Hart Lane, they might be a part of that if and when that happens. And so that would be something that might happen. That that's why you would have a Super Bowl in London. Th- Not here to discuss the mem- merits of that, of course. We're here to talk soccer, but it's just something to think about the increased globalization of not just soccer but right. football and all the other sports and uh, ultimately the money yep really <laughs> that as well. i mean that really is kind of it you know um great i mean I'll, I'll tell you one thing i'm so happy and i'm sure you guys are too i'm so happy that we had this wonderful soccer in the so-called off season you know what i mean the summer months we had this wonderful uh, copa america tournament and not to mention the uh the Euro 16. That's exactly right. Which is like, talk about like spreading it to from 16 to 24 teams and just totally like inviting so much more of Europe and Absolutely. so many of these teams like the Albanians and the Northern Islands and teams yeah. of that nature. And I think we're yeah. about to go down that road and we certainly can, but Eric, you talked about predictions. I still don't think we got one out of you. What are your thoughts for this game and some keys? And then we can uh, span the globe in soccer between Euro 2016 as well as some Philadelphia Union discussion we'll get in from last night. I, I, I'm picking Ecuador because I'm a big fan of the equator, and the equator runs right through Ecuador, okay? I wonder if that is why it's called Ecuador. <laughs> Did you ever wonder that? Have you ever seen Dan Levitard is Highly Questionable? You ever seen that show? I know, I know Dan Levitard. Okay. I don't think I know that. He, he has his pop one that gives reasons very similar to that one you just gave <laughs> for reasons. That he thinks certain things are going to happen. So you're our new pappy, Eric. So, so my only question is, if, if the equator runs through Ecuador, what's so special about the equator then? Why, <laughs> na- why name a country after it? I, I, I was wondering which came first. It was the equator. Uh, it's funny because they have a big line in Ecuador. And I'm sorry, Bob. I know you're trying to move this thing along. No, you're have, fine. They have, a big, li- they have a big yellow, yellow line. I'm just line. living in it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Someone has to, right? We have a big, yeah, we have a big, there's a big yellow line marking or uh, demarcating the equator running through Ecuador and, of course, a lot of other countries. Uh, funny thing about that is they have it 200 um, yards wrong. They figured out once they, they developed GPSs that they've got it like 200 yards off. Oh, that's pretty funny. Did, did, did something similar happen to Penn State where the center of the rock that's the geographical center? Well, I always the, make that joke. Yes, yeah. they have this uh, formation with a lot of different granite rock formations from all over the state. And it's built up in a statue that's supposed to be right in the middle, the geographic center of the state of Pennsylvania. Now, I have heard that before, Eric, that it's a little bit off. But here's my question. What How do you off? mean geologic, geographic center? 
How can you have a geologic center of man-made boundaries? Someone help me out with that one. Uh, well, I, I guess the it's the way. Well, well, first of all, the the equator and the Tropic of Cap, Cancer Capricorn are imaginary lines to begin with. Okay, they don't exist. So Built by aliens. To, but at least that's the geologic center of something. Right, the Earth is something that's naturally formed, and depending upon your religious beliefs, I suppose. Well, it's but like something is can be measured, right? It's correct. Can be measured. But I mean, the state of Pennsylvania is not like there's a river separating it on the Ohio side or the New York side, or even the South. So it's the geologic center of man-made boundaries. That's all I had to say. That's 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 true. It's a little odd. Right, it is. You're right. That's that's not that's not a uh, that's a very good way to put it. But the the actual boundaries are man-made too. The Tropic of Capricorn, the Equator, it's true. Tropic of Cancer. So, which came first? Yep, I, I hear you. Or the line. That's it's in the this wrong type place. of analysis that keeps Vuvu's soccer on the top. Yes, it certainly does. <laughs> but uh, so there's my pick. How about you? All right, I, I think the United States will win. I think, uh, funny, I have an affinity for picking this, and it probably has the lowest percentage chance based on past results, but I think the U.S. and Ecuador go 90 minutes, tied at one, and I think it's the U.S. scoring in the first 15-minute extra time period, and then they hold on for a 2-1 victory. I like it. I mean, I, I, I remember when, I, I, when we made the Champions League predictions, we actually had that exactly right. Uh, that it would be a draw and it would go to the yep. overtime. It we would go to a shootout. And I think I had the winner. I mean, you did. against my own team, by the way. I don't like to, you know, I'm, I'm, kind, of, I'm kind of doing a Brian here, man. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. I told you back. so. That's yeah. right. All right, yeah. AC. My prediction. Yes, sir. I like the tie. I'm going to go 0 0 tie, though. 0 0. 0 0. And then nail, when nail is it? to 90 minutes. Yeah. Uh, USA scores after the 110th minute. Okay. Very good. Now, Yetlin's not playing, but the, the lineup is the same aside for him in the first three the first three group games. That's exactly right. And it's the first time that Jurgen Klinsmann has done that in any tournament. He's been a tinkerer for his entire time as the manager of the U.S. men's national team. For the first time in his career, he's gone the whole group stage of one of these tournaments, not making a change in the starting 11. And, of course, Yedlin getting the red card in the last match. That's the only reason he had to go elsewhere. There was you know, certainly speculation on who that would be, Orozco, et cetera. Um, and so that's the only change. I, I find that very interesting. Does that mean that Jurgen Klinsmann is managing like he thinks his job on, is on the line? Or has it been enough period of time that he somehow has a better sense of who his guys are? What's the reason for it? Or are we looking too much into it entirely? I think that that's well. I think when you when you when you have a position such as Klinsman has as the manager, you know the U.S. team, who has you know, I guess to some great extent of have, have failed on the national the international stage. Certainly, his job's on the line, Bob. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's always on the line. Am I wrong? I'll tell you what, Eric. I agree with you, and we have uh, we have a special guest here. If he's willing to come on the air, if we can draw him away from his cell phone, Greg Green. Would you like to come on and give some thoughts on Jurgen Klinsmann and the U.S. men's national team? Greeno, welcome back. You've been on the air before with us here. It's great to have you here. So, uh, Jurgen Klinsmann, how do you feel he's managed this team since he's come in in the year 2011? Overall, I don't think they're much better than they were before he came in. Yeah. 
I mean, I, it, until these last five games, it's been very inconsistent. Mm-hmm. But I, I like what he's doing in this tournament. Yeah, it's been a great tournament. Now, how do you feel or do you feel that anything is being done better at the like the academy level, sort of from an infrastructure perspective? Uh, can we not know, or is that an easy cop-out, or do you think that something real is going on down there? Well, if, if you've watched the under-19s at the World Cup, the under-20s mm-hmm. at the World Cup, they're not really doing any much better than when... Yeah. Not qualifying the for the last two Olympics. Exactly. So I would say it's not gotten any better since he's gotten yeah. here. Uh, I think one of the talks was that he has two positions with the U.S., right? He's in charge of the developmental and right. also coaching, and I think they need to take him away from the developmental part. Sure. I think that's hurt his coaching. Hmm. Uh, and I do think the fact that the president of U.S. soccer came out and said, hey, winner – We'll talk to you later. Has definitely changed his thinking with this tournament. Yep. Yep. I, I, I see him playing differently. He's got players playing differently. Uh, you know, the fact that uh, it, the defense looks like it's finally stable, which he hasn't had in a long time. It's been up and down. He's been bringing in guys, taking guys out. So. Oh, so close for Ecuador as they continue to push on in the 18th minute nil nil usa and ecuador uh greg will i guess we'll sidetrack a little bit your sort of background big soccer fan i know i saw you down at the union game last night you're also a frequenter of many of the soccer pubs in the area now this is not your first time at the iron abbey right no it's not yeah what do you think about this place oh it's great it's great there's a couple a couple nice soccer pubs in the area but this is definitely one of the one of the top soccer uh establishments yes sir as they would say yeah it's great yeah now, it's very good after the break we're going to get into a little bit of philadelphia union talk we have audio from jim Curtin as well as fabian erbers after that game what did you think about the 3-2 win against city islanders fc last night in the fourth round of the u.s open cup well you came away with a lot of positives uh they are definitely making steps in the right direction I think in years past, watching a game like that last night, um, you wouldn't have seen it. We, we dominated that game for 80 minutes. We looked like a better team. We looked like we were at a higher level than the Islanders. And in past years, we've beaten Harrisburg Islanders. But you didn't see that skill level right. that we saw last night. Uh, and I think they just fell asleep a little bit the last 10 minutes. Um, yeah. And they came back, and you know, Latou did his thing as usual, falling down, and uh, we that got was the call. Incredibly and light, wow! It was very light, um, and, and they they had a great set piece off of it. Their, their set pieces this year have definitely picked up. Yeah, um, I want to get your thoughts on this one because you've seen just about every game in that building. Yes, turn around, keep watching, Greg, as we chat <laughs> here. Uh, this is multitasking 101, but. I wrote an article about that game. The game story for mine revolved around the fact that that set piece reminded me of two similar ones, and that was a kick taken by Cleberson in October 2013 against Toronto FC, and then a game, uh, a kick taken just a few months ago, Tranquilo Barnetta. Same spot in all of them. Top of the 18, bent in, no shot. Same side of the field, no shot for the keeper. 
uh, you're starting to see uh, a little bit of allure here at PPL Park with some of these game winners decided obviously on that very end. Uh, I found that to be very reminiscent of those two. Oh, definitely. Uh, that, that kick last night was, was really nice. Uh, as good as um, Tranquil's you know, yep. back against, I think, San Jose. Is it San Jose? Uh, Orlando City, Orlando I think. Orlando City. Yep. Um, a couple of the MLS squads uh, lost yesterday, didn't they? And New York That's City exactly was one right. of them. Yeah, the Cosmos. So, yeah. Hey! Deuce again. 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 Clint Dempsey again. That's huge. The man that is huge, scores man. goals in international that, play. That, yeah, really. But that is, that's huge. Because, you know, I, I, I don't want the, the U.S., uh, not that they were overlooking or looking past anybody. But when you have Argentina possibly coming up next, it's kind of hard. It may be a little hard to concentrate on the game at hand, you know. Even in a huge tournament like this. I tell you, that is great strength there. And then the yeah. header comes from yeah. Clint Dempsey. How about that service, though, Ben? Service was great. Yeah. I want to take you back to I couldn't see from here who held off the defender all the way to the end line, turned, and was able to send it back into the 18 for the delivery. That was really where that play made. And then, obviously, Dempsey gets up just stronger at the point of contact, gets to the apex, and muscles it, it into Bidouille, the back I, of the net. It may be Bedoya. I want to see that again. 22nd minute. Clint Dempsey puts it in. U.S. leads 1-0 against Ecuador. We're here at the Iron Abbey. You heard the reaction. This place is rocking this evening. Come on down and join us. A great spot to come watch a soccer match. Now, boys, we'll, we'll kind of catch our breath here for just a second. We'll take our, our break and come back on the other side. We're going to talk about the Philadelphia Union. We'll have some audio from Jim Curtin, as well as some talk on Euro 2016, one of the biggest games in group play today, England against Wales. And, boy, did that go down to the bitter end. I found out who got the assist. Who do you think got the assist, Bob? If you had to that guess. goal? Yeah. Jermaine Jones. That's correct. Did you look? I saw some, how shall I say, skin intonation, <laughs> and I took a guess, Eric. That if was a good guess. you want me to be honest. That was a good guess, and not surprising either. He's having a, yeah. he's having a good tournament as well. Absolutely. So that's is. a huge goal. Um, what do you think that, how do you think that changes things now? Yeah, I, I think it up? will certainly change the way they play. Uh, I think they're going to, I don't want them to sit back, though. They've been playing a high back four. The entire tournament, it's worked out well for them. I mean, honestly, besides Colombia, they've been very, very good. Haven't given up right. a goal beside those two. So I think you keep playing the high line. You capitalize on this crowd in Seattle. You keep pushing forward. Absolutely. And, and once it, again, Colombia is the third-ranked team in the world. So maybe, you know, maybe, maybe it wasn't such a shocker that first game. Maybe they no. are that good of a team, you know? Although they lost Costa Rica somehow. But no, yes. I'm talking about. I'm talk yeah, they did. That's correct. Well, Colombia. Oh, it's a good. It's a good tournament. I mean, it's a good, very good tournament. It's been very. Yeah, and Costa Rica, remember, had a great run through the World Cup as well. Yeah. That's no slouch of a team themselves. But great atmosphere here at the Iron Abbey. We'll take a quick break. Sit tight here, guys. We'll be back on the other side with some union talk on Vuvu Soccer live from the Iron Abbey. 
has been served. Elmark Signs and Graphics, your choice for custom signs and design, has been servicing the Philadelphia area for over 30 years. From illuminated signs to vehicle wraps, Elmark Signs is your choice for all your custom signs needs. Elmark delivers high-quality signs with a courteous, helpful, and experienced staff. Visit them at lmarksigns.com or give them a call at 610-692-0525. Again, that's lmarksigns.com. 610-692-0525. Go check out their website for some great examples of signs that Elmark has created and be sure to tell them that Bob Long Sports sent you. Elmarksigns.com, your choice for custom signs and design. Hi, this is Rob Stott with Bob Long Sports. BLS is the official host of the pregame show for the Philadelphia Soul. Be sure to tune in before every home game for featured interviews with head coach Clint Dolzell and quarterback Dan Radabaugh, as well as player profiles. We even get the opportunity to speak with AFL Commissioner Scott Butera. Commissioner of the Arena Football League, Scott Butera on the line. You do a tremendous job. I, I, you know, of all the you know, local broadcast teams, you know, by far Philadelphia is the gold standard in our league. You know, I wish they all could be like that because you really understand our game. You promote it well. And- so be sure to tune in 30 minutes before every home game and check at Bob Long Sports on Twitter for programming updates. This is Bob Long here, and you certainly know me from BLS doing LaSalle College High School broadcasts, our weekly radio shows, and everything in between. However, during the 9 to 5, I am a commercial banker in the greater Philadelphia area. If your business is looking for financing or any other type of assistance, you can reach me at 215-328-2578. That's 215-328-2578. I've had experience in the energy industry, healthcare, public finance, as well as in manufacturing and leasing. Bob Long, a commercial banker in the greater Philadelphia market, helping your businesses grow. And we welcome you back to the Iron Abbey here in Horsham, Pennsylvania, right on 611 by the Willow Grove Air Base. Come on down and join us. Have a beer. Have some food. It's a great place. One of the best places, certainly, in town. Lots of, lots of craft beer. Lots yeah. of craft beer. Lots of craft beer. Says a big craft beer drinker himself, Eric Nash. <laughs> I'm drinking craft iced tea right now. <laughs> That's pretty good, too. Bob Long, Eric Nash, Alex Trasowski, and guest Greg Green. Not uh, not a rookie to this Vuvuzela show. It's good to have him back. And we'll get into the Philadelphia Union right now as we have the backdrop USA against Ecuador round of 16 in Copa America Centenario live from CenturyLink Field in Seattle, Washington. But last night, just down the road here in Philadelphia, in, just, in Chester, Pennsylvania, the Union took on City Islanders FC, formerly known as the Harrisburg City Islanders, and formerly an affiliate of this Philadelphia Union Club. Who are they now, D.C.? Uh, I think they're unaffiliated. I, they're, not, they're not affiliated? With, with the dawn of the Bethlehem Steel, they relinquished their, uh, their affiliation to the Philadelphia Union. However, still some familiar faces. We saw Aaron Wheeler in there yesterday. and Well, the sons of Ben, Greg, you were there. They gave him a pretty hard time. They welcomed Did you see any 
Did you see any of our old friends in the Sons of Ben? I certainly did. Oh, good. Lots of, lots good of friends in the Sons of Ben. It's a great uh, supporter section. Uh, and it was actually the strongest portion, Greg, I think you'll agree, strongest portion of PPL Park last night, as always, but was the uh, supporter good. section in the Sons of Ben. Oh, yeah, they were loud they all got, evening. They got something to get up, uh, pumped up about this year. They do. They, they play well at home. It's a very good team. They play, they're serviceable on the road. And uh, they're fun. And you got to, you're, you're going to be up there on a road trip, right, coming That's up? That's right, yeah. What is that, the two days? It's, I guess what, today's Thursday night, yeah. so yeah, two days up at Yankee Stadium. That's a really interesting game because this New York City FC team, you know, what are they really? They've shown flashes, and then they go get hammered by their rivals, New York Red Bull. So you don't really know what they are. The Eastern Conference is one of those leagues right now. In M- I mean, it's the conference in MLS that – Anybody can grab at this point. Anybody. I, I wouldn't mean, say. I mean, but the, the New York Rebels are, are not the little sisters of the poor, though. I yeah, mean, but I mean, it's who, not like losing the Harrisburg Islanders. They lost seven nothing. Oh, I did not know that. That's <laughs> that's and, pretty uh, ugly, man. Touchdown. And Where was the match? It better. It better been at that old. Uh, and New York, what they used to call it? And New York FC at home only has one win. Yeah, they're like one five and two right now. Or. What you're going to see up there this weekend as well is a tight, tight pitch because you're playing in a baseball stadium, obviously. A bandbox of a baseball stadium at that. And, uh, you know, I don't know who that helps. Uh, you know, that's an interesting question. It really does change the game. You see that Jeldwin Field out in Portland, some of these stadiums across the United States and MLS. When you play with such a, a thin pitch, the spacing just is not the same. You know, there's not the same fluidity of the game, I don't think. And it'll be interesting, and that might be why they're struggling at home. You have a lot of world, well, you have some world-class players and then some guys that, you know, maybe shouldn't be on MLS Some rosters. guys named Joe. You're right. right. No, you're right. Yeah. You're right. But so, I'll say this, uh, you know, with the with the improved defensive third of the union, yep. I think they have the advantage in the tight, in the tight quarters there. Sure. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they can play tight. You're right. Tribbett. Tribbett's done well. Yarrow. Is Yarrow still out? Yarrow is still out. Now, remember, okay. Yarrow actually replaced Tribbett because of Tribbett's injury. All and right. now Tribbett replacing Yarrow due to Yarrow's injury. So very interesting. A, w- a wide swath of capable defenders. Yeah, well, so th- far, so good job in the, with the draft for the Union, huh? Yeah. Strengthening that back line. Well, Leaks back from uh, from the Acopa. So well, I, I guess he's not really back since it was. it's here. Right. But... I think we'll see him on Saturday, yeah. I think, Craig. Blake? I think we should see Blake yeah. back in net. Yeah, he'll be back in net. Yeah, he was back He was at the game last night. Yeah. We saw him at the game. It's a big game because it's still, you know, they want to build that rivalry, you know. Uh, with uh, you know, I'm sure they're trying to build a rivalry with, with FC as they, as they have with the Rebels. Wouldn't you say, Bob? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's New York, Philadelphia, always a rivalry type of situation. Exactly right, so, yeah. yeah. I mean. Their first rival will be Red Bulls, obviously, but we saw how that went for them earlier this year. And uh, and next will be the Union. But let's go right now to Jim Curtin's comments. We had the chance to talk with Jim after the game. And, you know, Jim, as well as the entire Union staff, a a good sport, a set of good sports with uh, the access that they provide us. And so we want to deliver that access to the fans. So Jim Curtin on his team after the game and, and how they were able to come out and grab that win. Yeah, after a uh, fairly business-like 75-80 uh, minutes, uh, we, we unraveled a bit and lost a little composure. 
Uh, credit to Harrisburg for, for pushing the game at the end there. Uh, happy for some of our guys that really uh, stepped up that uh, deserved minutes. Uh, in particular, you know, Roland Alberg had a, a very strong game. Uh, Walter Restrepo, uh, not because they scored, but because they did a lot of little things. Uh, and they'd been working very hard in training, and they, they, they've earned this uh, opportunity to start. So I, I thought that it was a good exercise for our, our whole front four. Um, you know, uh, Il Signo as well, and, and getting Herbers going a bit was uh, good for our guys. Uh, disappointed that we didn't close it out and get the third goal. Uh, again, you let teams hang around. This competition is is a crazy one. You look at the score lines. Everybody's up a goal, down a goal. There were some crazy results last night that uh, almost went the way of some of the, the lower league teams. So uh, the name of the game is surviving and advancing in this competition. Uh, we've done that. Uh, we've had a, a good mentality, uh, happy to close it out and not have to go 120 minutes with the New York City on uh, coming up on Saturday. Uh, our focus will shift to them now. Uh, this game is in the past, and we'll learn from it, and we'll get better. Guys, I thought that was a really telling comment right at the end there. We didn't want to go 120 minutes tonight, and I think that's huge. In the middle of a, a span like this, yes, they had a two-week break, but What's going to come up is one of the toughest parts of their schedule in the regular season. And you see the attrition that goes through, especially it does seem they're committed to this U.S. Open Cup, seem committed to another run, but very similar to what you see in Europe with runs through Europa, runs through Champions League. If you don't have that depth and if you're playing a lot of matches and add on some extra time to that, you know that could be certainly a challenge. So huge in so many ways and levels that they got that goal when they did last night. Well, I'll say one thing that's definitely helping the Union this year, bringing in Ernie Stewart. Yes. Um, he, his, his first goal was to make sure he had two strong players at every position. And last night, I think we only had three starters out on the field when it started, right? Um, in the back. Sounds right. Right. You, you know, um, and, and they really controlled the ball. Possession is so much better this year. Um, so... I think, I mean, they, they they could conceivably have six games coming up in the next three weeks. Right. Um, but I think with the depth they have now, especially for the U.S. Cup games, I mean, they it, it shouldn't be as bad as it's been in the past. It's, can I throw a question? I'm sorry, can I throw a quick question? Of course. About, what do you think, um, how did they get rid of that loser mentality so quickly? I mean, you're talking, I mean, couple months you know six months i mean i understand Ernie Stewart, big 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 thing good draft but was it all what, what was well you remember stewart also brought a couple guys in with him the guy from uh the netherlands uh, alberg who scored two goals last night yep. yes um i think there's one or two other guys that he had contact with Restrepo, i think yeah um and i think that they got rid of a lot of that loser mentality um a lot of this team is new this year. Right. Look at the starting lineup. You, you know, think, and you know, keep winners. You keep CJ Sapong. You know, a guy that's right. done it in Kansas City. Now, do you think like like Sikavich, I mean, he goes and they replace him with Ernie Stewart. You know, maybe not directly, but you know what I mean. They keep the coach intact. They just seem to play with a different in a different form and with a different. Positivity. I, I, you can't even put your finger tangibly on it. Well, you have but there to, seems to be something there. They're younger, and they're hungrier. 
more, and definitely more rookie I contributors mean, too. I mean, three guys that have contributed on a on a really big and scale. Your players. Well, yep. Three. You know, you're talking five guys that are coming in and out now that are right. one and two year players. Yeah, Tribbett's a, a second goalie. year guy. You have a goalie that has has definitely made a difference this year. No doubt about I mean, that. How many games has he? No, that's saved true. Them? Now let I me mean, bring. Let me see if I can bring it back to earth and. Greg, as the union season ticket holder, maybe you can defend. Well, take it as you will, but you know, I wonder. I think Alex is clapping because he's heard me say this before. When Eric, you say you can't tangibly put your finger on it, and something's just different, can it really change that much from year to year? What if I'm here to say it hasn't really changed that much? I mean, it has, and here they are at the top of the table. And do I think they're a playoff team? I think they probably are. Do they hit the wall, or, or is this just a streak? Or, on the contrary, is this really what they are now? Are they a top-of-the-table type team? Does the talent, does the management, does everything add up to a top-of-the-table team in MLS, or does this fall off at all? No, it will fall off because you've got young guys that may not be used to playing so many games, Yeah, and I don't think their goal this year was to be the top team in the league. I think their goal was to make the playoffs this year. Right. And they're going to make the playoffs. And and with the young guys you have, Ray Gaddis can't even get on the field anymore. Yep. And I thought he was a heck of a defender. Yeah. So you've got these young kids. They're going to be like Blake. I mean, three years ago, Blake didn't look like he does now. Right. It's going to take time. But I think two, three years from now, with the group that they have, two years from now, They'll be competing. I think they'll, they'll give it a run this year. I think they're going to run out of gas. I think, they, I think they are for real. And I, I yeah. think that. What's the for real league, mean? Well, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, let, me, let me try to preface it. Yeah. With, I think the league is a very balanced league, the MLS. I think it always has been. DC United this year versus last year. Okay, well, I, mean, I understand yeah. teams. Come That's what go, I mean. I'm with you. Like balance. Like you can go top to bottom. You yeah, can, well, at the point, I don't think there's a huge, huge. I mean, it's not like the EPL, okay? You know, where the West, I can't say it with Leicester, it's a little harder to make this comparison. <laughs> but you know what I mean? You know, I expect the West Brom to like challenge, okay? Uh, the Union, you know, you, you, you change the attitude a little. They always had the great fan support, okay? They, you know, and I don't know if it's luck. I mean, they seem to have done well in the, uh, in the draft, which was big, you know. They've taken the, they've made, they've made it an important point this year to do things with the team. I hear more talk this year about family and wanting to be together. They put in that fitness center, which I think is huge, that That's training that. center. Good point. They're together good, longer. Yeah. You know, I saw on the show the other night, they actually have a game room. The guys aren't going home after practice. They're, yeah. they're, they're chilling, especially the young guys. There's, well, there's a lot to be said. Well, that's an intangible. That or is that a tangible, Bob? I don't know. Which yeah. one is it? So, I don't know. It I mean, could be a tangible, coach, really. I don't know. No, that's an intangible. Yeah. Yeah. As a former coach, you've got to build that foundation where they just want to be with each other all the time. And they you know, they really support each other, care about each other. Um and I think that's what the union is is finally developing. We I were, think, uh, and let's take a quick listen to two more of the players here, two of the strikers, and Fabian Herbers. If you go to BobLongSports.com and the game story from last night, you're going to see a quote from Fabian where he gives big-time plaudits 
to Roland Allberg for the way he struck that ball. And again, think about it this way, guys. Fabian Herbers, Roland Allberg, these are guys that are going to be competing for the very same minutes. So, Greg, you talk about the game room and being like family. I mean, these are guys that are competing, like I said, for those same, at this point, 25 minutes a game. That's a team comment, though. It's That's a, team, a comment. A that is a comment, comment that you want as a coach to hear. And I know yeah. the players have said a number of times they like that. That makes. Oh, almost makes, a second for the United States. It makes States. practice more exciting for the. They want that intensity, and that's what carries over. If you can develop that in practice, then when you get the game situations, it doesn't feel different. Yeah, and, and I think that's what they're experiencing. Be, before you go to that, Bob, I'm just going to say, like, it just seems like the, the like the negativity is is just gone, and I think the I think the players and the coaching staff. And I think we were close enough to the situation, Bob, that we saw this over the years. They were kind of living in fear. Fear to say what's on their mind. Fear to challenge the coaches. Some of the coaches, you know, back in the day. Yep. Uh, you can actually say that to you, now. back in the day. Yeah, okay. there you go. But, Peter Novak right, right, era. Right. But the point is, you know, the, 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 there was a big fear of stepping out of line. And that kind of killed the vibe. And the vibe's big. You can see how big the vibe. Look at Leicester City. How big the vibe can be. Yeah. Well, the, you know. I, I also think that um, you get rid of the Freds, and you get rid of the Hoppinos, yeah. and you get rid of. They were all individuals. Danny Cruz. Danny. They were individuals. Well, you're right. And 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 uh, Ernie and and Jim Curtin. They got individuals now that are all on the same page. They all have the same common goal. They want to be starters. But they, they also know that when their time comes, they got to take advantage of it. And they're challenging each other. Yeah. yeah. Here's Fabian Herbers after the game. Of course, it's a, it's a new squad. Like, we haven't played uh, together like that uh, much. Uh, but uh, I thought we started out well, got an early goal, which, which helped us a lot. And, and then, we, yeah, we struggled a little bit in the, in the first half. Uh, with them getting a, a couple of restarts and everything, but, um, but I thought our response was fine because we, we, we second for half, and then uh, <clears throat> if we get a third goal in the in the second half, I think the game is over. But uh, unfortunately, uh, they they knocked one in and then pressed a little bit more, and then uh, yeah, they got got a lucky second one. And so uh, yeah, overall it was it was a solid performance. I think uh, 80 minutes were, were good, but the last 10, yeah. We've got to keep the tempo up and make sure we, we uh, win at home and save And now we'll go to Roland Allberg after the game. He scored two goals. I, I think I'm happy today. Um, it, was, uh, it was the first game in, uh, in a couple of weeks, a couple of months. My last game was uh, Seattle after the red card. It was hard for me to, uh, to train every day and make some, uh, some minutes uh, at the end. But... Uh, yeah, today uh, I get my chance to score two goals, so it's, it's what I said, amazing. There you go, Roland Allberg. Does he get the opportunity on Saturday? It's a great has question. He earned, has he earned the opportunity to come back and play on Saturday? Boy, I tell you. That, that, you know why that's such a tough question, Greg? Because no that's one, the way Jim Curtin plays it sometimes. But, and, and the other thing is no one, has, no one has given up their spot. You know, it's been two weeks without a match. So how does that come into play, if at all? Very interesting. I got just, uh, uh, first of all, very cosmopolitan sounding group of players we have. You throw Sebastian Latou in there. Yes. Sounds like the United Nations. I like that. <laughs> sounds like soccer players to me, okay? It really does. Yes, sir. But uh, 
I, I want to not so much take umbrage on what you said, but but question your thing that you know. I think you made a reference earlier, Bob, or, or maybe it was the other fellows, that the you know that the you know it's the Eastern Conference and the West. Is it, why is the Western Conference any better? Is points, points. What do you mean? Be more how specific? many points the leading team in the West has versus I, how many points the leading team in the East has? Well, so pretty much every cross uh, matchup, the West has in some way, shape, or form won. Pretty, well, the, pretty the, cut and dry. Well, no, it's I don't early, think so. I'll tell you why. Because the best team in the West is always, pretty much always the LA Galaxy. Okay, where are they stand right now? They're down in the standings a little bit, aren't they? Okay, what's that? What do you mean? So what's my, the point? my point is that I don't think that the points matter all that much. Um, I, where's the weakness in our, in our conference? Like, where where is where is the strength and the weaknesses in the two conferences when you compare the two? Well, let's put it yeah. this way. I mean, the Eastern Conference. If the leader in the Eastern Conference would be about fifth or sixth right now in the West based on strictly points. But you also have to look at it. how many games are played. That's true. Some of those teams have played yeah. two more games than yep. the Union. I understand. Maybe there's some crap with you. Teams and it's only, West, I wrong? I think it, if I'm not mistaken, it's only a three-point difference, isn't it? Really? Between the, between the West and the, and the East? It was nine when the Union drew against Colorado. Well, Colorado's so, doing very well. Right. I wonder if that's come back to earth. Yeah. I, I thought it was. I, I might be wrong. I might be wrong. But anyway, fans yeah. are going nuts, man. The fans are going nuts, man. They are. They're believing. Fantastic. Final four. Why not? And you know Why who they would right. likely get? Argentina. Yeah, they, they, I well, I would be sure telling Venezuela. Venezuela is, are the darlings of the tournament, man. I would not. I understand Messi, and I understand Argentina. They almost, they almost knocked Mexico off. Argentina has taken dumps in these big moments in tournaments many times before. Oh, please. I don't want to hear There's it. He doesn't no like, way he doesn't like these historical references. I hate the historical reference. I hate any reference to Messi not being able to win a big international tournament. I, I, was, I was talking I, about Argentina. I, like I was talking about Messi. That is a yeah. true fact. Yeah. And it would be great if the U.S. played them in the semifinals. Which one? Argentina? Argentina. Oh, this country because would... Absolutely rally behind that because this tournament, I, it's been great for the pure fans as we go to halftime. U.S. still leading 1-0. Brad Guzan had a nice save from a tough angle, had to cut it down in the final few minutes there. But the U.S. playing very well, and we have about 15 minutes here left on yeah. our show. But, uh, you know. Uh, you have to talk about the Euros a little bit, don't you We think? certainly will. Yeah. We certainly will. But, but Greg, sort of your question there. Um, to me, remind me of where we were there. I'm looking at the standings now. Well, the MLS, yes. Colorado has 28 points. And okay. the Union actually 23. The so, Union okay. has 23. Five so points. Colorado either hasn't played a lot of games since the Union played that match against Colorado because that's the last point that Colorado earned. Philadelphia that is draw. fourth in the Shield. Supporter yep. Shield. Oh, yep. Okay, well, there you so, go. So it's not as But then if you look at it, as I thought. it's um, the top three are from the West. And then the next three after the Union are from the West. Yes. So, and as far as games, um, FC Dallas played 16 games. Philadelphia's played 14. So actually only FC Dallas. Everyone else has pretty much played 13 or 14 games. Yeah. So Okay, I'm with you. But I think the point I was making at the end there, we'll close our USA and Union comments on this. But if the United States were to play Argentina, I think for the first time the average fan would get behind this whole tournament in the United States. One, because you're all of a sudden 
you know, getting to the Final Four, and two, because you're playing Argentina. If I can add a 2A or a 3, NBA Finals are also tonight. That's a tough competition for this game. We're watching soccer, but a lot of people are watching basketball. That and hockey are going to be done by the time these two teams match up on Tuesday if the U.S. can win and Argentina can win tomorrow. So I think this can be really, really a rallying point, this match against Argentina for the United States average fan, if you will. And I'm excited for it. How about how about Brazil getting knocked out in the group stage? That, I mean, I understand. You know the Neymar thing? I thought, I think we talked about this before, that this was like the Brazilian team um, – choice to have Neymar play in the Olympics. Turns out it's Barcelona. Well, hold on, hold on. Let's let's make this sure we get this crystal clear. Barcelona says Neymar can only play one tournament. They say to the Brazilian Soccer Federation, you pick, but he's only playing one. So yes, Brazil right. made the decision for him to play in the Olympics. Right. But, but had they had the choice, if Barcelona didn't, in, guess, infringe like this, he would have played both. Okay. Yeah. Who else were they missing besides him, though? I, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Hart, H E A R T. I mean, that, yeah, that, that might have been. Yeah, that, that might have been the only. Thing that was the element that was missing for sure. The, but it was. It's interesting to see them get knocked down. Like moving over to uh, Venezuela is is definitely the darlings of the tournament. How about, Jay, the, how, how about the United States winning their group? Well, no one likes the United States outside the United States, but you know what I mean. It was big. It's big. I mean, unexpected. I mean, especially when they lost two nil to to the t- to, to uh, you know uh, Colombia, which is I, my understanding, were third ranked in the whole world. They're very, very yeah, good, thought, you know. So yeah, and one of the best players out there in James Rodriguez. Absolutely, I think it was huge. I think they showed tons of heart, and that's why they were prohibitive. They were favorites along with uh, Colombia to win the yeah. group. Betting wise, and that I didn't understand that after watching that first game. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly you know, right. It's, it's a great turnaround. Hopefully, the United States can continue. Hopefully, they can get this win here tonight. We go until the beginning of the second half here on Vuvu Soccer, live from the Iron Abbey in Horsham, Pennsylvania, right on six eleven. Come on out if it's not tonight. Come out and join us some other time. It's a great place. But Eric, you mentioned heart. We're going to go heart to heart here. I know you want to talk about. Hearts are good. That's a good. That's a good jump. Good segue. Thank you. We're going to go to Euro 2016 and talk about England against Wales. And it was Joe Hart in net that really had some trouble today. And it looks like that was going to cost England until the bitter end. We talked on the phone, and, I, and the first thing I, was, I said to you is, "Is it me, or does Joe Hart spill a lot of balls in big competitions, big international?" I mean, I can remember at least two times the ball went between his legs for goals. Literally in big matches that England ended up not winning you know really and the guy's been probably their keeper for well, six of course, years and of course green if you remember back in 2010 did the same thing the u.s drew england the last you know, time they played them in international competition 1-1 it was green the goalkeeper that day that let that one through what was that what was that tournament though was that a friendly world cup oh that was the world cup yeah i forgot about green and you're right green was what west ham who he's a keeper for either west ham or yeah that aston villa one of those yeah. Yeah, you know what? I'm sorry. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. But I'll tell you, Hart has had problems. I mean, obviously he's obviously he's he's the he's he's obviously the known quantity and he is their starter for many years. I mean, Hart so so obviously he's a very good keeper. 
He's a highly paid keeper. He plays for one of the best club teams in the world. I mean, I get all that. But it just seems to me like if you watch that match, you know, I understand it was Gareth Bale, and maybe that's what caused him to be a little sloppy in the first place on that on that on that free kick. Right. But have you seen the goal? It was bad. Yeah, it was not pretty good. bad. Not good. It at was all. like a certainly a two as far as save quality. Okay, I mean. The ball skidded under him. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a real, it wasn't wet turf like you had in the uh, Northern Ireland game later. Okay. It, it was just bad. What are you guys looking at? You got you buying stocks or something over here? No, we got some breaking news breaking here. News. Yeah. From about an hour or two ago here. And it's my first time seeing it. Vincent Aguera is leaving the Philadelphia Union due to health issues. Vincent Nagara leaving the Philadelphia Union. Wow. One of the guys you counted on in the midfield, dealing with some health issues, going back to France. And he's leaving it. for good? Yeah, he's done. He's well, done. But I'm going to tell you, it's this funny thing, because last night when I was watching the game and I was with my son, I said to him in the second half, Nagara doesn't look right tonight. He didn't, he didn't play a good game last night. He looked like he was just floating out there. Wasn't involved as much as he's been in the past. And apparently this was probably on his mind. Well, wait, he's under contract, though. How could he just leave? They parted ways. Mutually, yes. They parted ways mutually. Philadelphia Union and Vincent Nogueira have agreed to mutually terminate the midfielder's contract, the club announced on Thursday. Due to personal health issues, Nogueira will return to France. Wow. Here's our guy, Ernie Stewart. We were talking about him. His comment, we want to thank Vincent for his contributions to the club over the last two years, and we wish him the best, both personally and professionally. At this time, it was our desire to enable him to be with his family at home in France. It sounds like there's more to this story. Yeah, he also says he definitely will play soccer. That's not so much the problem. It's not in that area. He misses his family. Wow. I can re- I can respect that. So maybe a <laughs> mental mental thing. Yeah, I respect that. Certainly, yeah. you don't want to speculate too too much. We wish Vincent his best and then the best with him, both from a personal and professional and a family standpoint. But wow, okay. I say on Vincent the- grow a pair, man. Oh, jeez. Seriously, what the hell? I mean, come on, man. You're a professional athlete. Aye, aye, aye. I, you don't know his personal situation, Eric. What do you think it is? I have no idea. That's why I just said I don't want to speculate. Okay, well, if you I, want to speculate, you go. I right guess. Ahead. I guess. I guess that that horse left the barn already, so I already did. But what I'm saying is that that's an itch. Hopefully, you know. Hopefully, it's not something really horrible. You know, because it could yeah. be. So I I will reserve my my uh, speculation. I apologize. No, that's okay. Really now know. here's the question, guys. Do you think that a Roland Allberg would play a position like that, or do you think a Walter Restrepo would come inside and play in the middle, or? Or do you take one of the current strikers and move him back? Because what I'm seeing now is a surplus of strikers for the Union with Fabian we talked about, Alberg, Sapong, who hasn't played, you know, obviously it seems like in a little while, but didn't play last night and they had the break. You know, there's there's a lot going on. Ilsenio, well, we, may, we may see Ilsenio more in that role, You Greg. could just bring Rowan Alberg into the lineup now. Well, I agree, but I mean... War, now, now Brian Carroll and Warren Cravel Cravel, yeah, could play together in a defensive role. True. So, what are you thinking? A four-two. What are, What are you thinking? A four-two-three-one. 
Sapong is the lone striker. Four two three one. Yes, with the midfielders overlapping. Yeah, right. So the three in the attacking role, Craval and uh, and Brian Carroll is the holding. I'm with you there. I can get that. Yeah. So Allberg in the center, Sapong up front. You know, who, who do you go on the outside? Do you go with a Restrepo? No. No. Guys. Air, Air, no. What? England what? against Wales. I mean, can we talk about <laughs> I mean, no offense. I mean, I know this is breaking news somewhere. <laughs> I'm going to break it over somebody's head in a as second. As we sit, yeah. you know, about yeah. half an hour from uh, from PPL, or I should say Talon Energy Stadium. But, okay, I'm with you, Eric. I'm with you. Well, we're actually closer to where they played the, uh, the Copa America games anyway. That's also so, true. You know, so. yes, but, uh, but and he's got Marisa too on the side. Yeah, true, yeah. I'm actually, sorry, go ahead. That's neither here nor there, but the, <laughs> think about this now. Let, let, I let, like let's it, take, Let's take you to that game today, okay? All right, let's you go. Have, yeah, eight, eight, unfortunately, it started at 8.30 in the morning. We're used to that kind of time difference, okay? Yeah. But you know, Wales, the, the little, the little engine that could, with possibly the best player in the world in Gareth. Yeah, Bale. I don't know if that's the little engine that could. I think that's the the monster engine that at the front of the train, trying to carry a lot of dead weight behind them. You're talking about Bell as being the monster, but the thing is, compared to England, they're the little engine. You know, yep. big brother, big shadow. Okay, uh, England certainly has had many, many, many. Uh, disappointments in, in international play. This was a big one. This was a big one, both sides of the coin. Certainly was a huge one um, for the English fans because when they're when when they're not when they're not getting in the fights outside of the stadium with uh, the Russians and some other people, <laughs> yes. then they're they're you know they're they're bitching about Roy Hodgson and, and, and his decisions. And you know you, you might want to argue with five Tottenham Hotspurs in a lineup, you know. What do you ask? Are you asking for trouble just by starting that many Spurs? I mean, somebody said, you know, why don't they start five guys from Arsenal? I, I took the high road. I didn't really go into that. There you go. But anyway, so Gareth Bale scores the goal. First half. I believe it was the first half. I yep, it say. was the first half. Yeah, it was not a good goal. Gareth minute. Bale is a wonderful free kicker, for lack of a better term. Set, <laughs> pe- set piecer, okay? We'll come up with a better term for next show. But, go, he's, very, but he's very good at that, okay? He's very good, and that could be why... <laughs> Ultimately, they go, the keeper spilled the ball. But Hart has to make that save. Yep. I mean, it, it, when you see it, it, it was really, yep. really bad. I'm with and you. it looked like that was going to be the death knell for England. Now, they come back and they, they, they win the game. And Sturridge scores the goal like four minutes into the stoppage time, which, which, which was wonderful. But with England, when you can bring guys like Sturridge in, you know, for... For, for Harry Kane and the like, that's pretty good. Yep. That's pretty good. They, they got a really good team. Well, you they know? brought in Vardy as well. Vardy was the goal Vardy scorer. Vardy scored the first goal. You're yep, correct. that's right. And Vardy, why, you know, you want to ask why Vardy's not starting. It's interesting in itself. It's true. I'm sure many of the English have been asking that. But it was Wales' big Just, chance. It, I know you talked about Leicester at the beginning of the show. On June 16th of 2016, let's take you back to June 16th of 2015. How many people would have been asking that question you just asked me? Wow, why was Vardy not starting up front for England in Euro 2016? How many people would have been saying that? I, I don't think they, many people outside of Knew outside of was. where he played would even know who he was. Yeah, yeah. I, which is hard to believe. Unbelievable. That's you know, it's really hard to believe. Talk about a late bloomer. That's an amazing story. But he did it again. The guy is a pure goal scorer, man. That's what he is. Yeah. You know? And God knows that's what they need. Because that, that's always been the English English problem in these big games. So now they're looking pretty good. 
because they were looking a little shaky. But with this new tournament yeah, structure, how, how much of this even matters? You remember, 16 of the 24 teams are going to make it right. to, the, to the knockout stage, which it used to be, what, maybe eight teams out eight of the 16? Eight teams out of the 16, two from each group. That's right, right. So that's, you know, that's a big difference. So so the Northern Ireland's and the Iceland's and all. Northern Ireland with a big win today over Ukraine. I mean, not that it was unexpected, but you need to take care of business there. What's up with Ukraine? I mean, I... My people are hanging their head in a little little lower today. I mean, they're already out of it. That draw yeah. between Poland and Germany. I mean, how about Poland shutting down Poland. Germany? The first nil-nil draw of the tournament. I'll the call first. this right now. Poland has a very underrated team. You look at the players they have in the Bundesliga. You look at the players they have in the Polish League. You look at the in, players the they microphone. have in, in France, in, in, in Spain. I don't know where their players are, but you have people on defense like Kieszczek. You have Lewandowski. You have Wojciechowski. You have Kapuska. A 19-year-old person comes out first game in Europe or qualifying or something like that and scores two goals. Well, well, yeah, they really had to change their style of play, Poland, because when they stopped shooting the ball on their own goal, they started doing well, but as a, as a no team one catches like Poland, the Polish yeah, get there. Okay, can you make, repeat, jokes? Repeat can you make jokes like that anymore? Yeah, what? repeat your statement about Poland. You you think what? I think they are the most underrated team in all of Europa 2016, what and they is your make... last name Krastowski. That's okay. <laughs> oh, that's why I didn't like my Polish <laughs> joke. Okay, <laughs> yeah, political correctness is is off. Okay, we are the Donald Trump. You're going to see, you're radio, gonna see okay. Poland come in here, and you're going to see them tie a team like Germany. You're going to see them get to the, the quarterfinals or the semifinals, and they're going to come up with a big win out of nowhere. Germany's and you're the not, best team you're in the world. Germany's the best team in the world. I was very impressed by Poland. But I mean, they they you know, are right now. They won the World Cup. And, and put it this way, Poland beat Germany in the qualifying. They did. They did. Yep. I, I wonder yep. how much that game mattered at the time. I don't remember. You know, as far as place, well, it's a win against Germany in the qualifying. No, no, you're right. You're right. Poland had a wonderful game plan defensively. They were terrific. Solid. I mean, I know, you know, very solid. Very, no doubt about it. Very impressive uh, because that's the kind of team that you know. But once again, how much is it going to matter? You know, you know. There's a lot of there, you, there's a lot of leeway uh, now. Final wrap up thoughts here, boys, around the table. Alex, let's start with you. Your thoughts. I'm sorry we didn't get to you too, too much, but whether it's Polish-based or otherwise, what's your final thoughts here this evening? Final thoughts this evening. I think it's good the USA is up, up one nothing. I agree. Um, I'm glad I got to be here for the show, and let's go Poland. I think they're going to pull it off. There you go. Poland for the win. Great. All our, all our Polish is coming in right now because I'm part Polish, too. I'm very so proud. I, you know, I'm also part German, but we, <laughs> my family doesn't talk about that part of the family. Not much. Greg. Final thoughts. Let's see how this Copa America finishes up, and let's get back to the MLS. Love it. Love hey, it. Um, I, I think that we should make some type of prediction if we have time on this tournament for one. Okay. You know, I'm going to pick Mexico. boy To win this tournament. I think they have more of a, in some ways, have more of a home field advantage than the U.S. does. Yes, I agree. You know, especially, where's the final game? You know where that's being played? Yeah, MetLife Stadium. Plenty. In They'll New, be fine. In, in New York. Yep. They'll be fine there. How about, how about the uh, Worcester semifinal? Uh, that there? I'm not sure of. Yeah, because they're, they're real big in uh, the California sure. uh, cities for sure. They'll be fine in New York too, trust me. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They'll be fine. How about the uh, Euro? What do, you, what do you think about that, guys? Any, any, any thoughts early on? It's still early days. Very, very early. Yeah. Excited to see what things what happens. I know we're going to be having our show. 
at Villa Capri, which is just up the street from here, on July 10th. That's the final for Euro 2016, so we can't wait for that. I'll go with Germany, and I'm going to go with Argentina in this one. I mean, it's very, I know it's uh, picking two of the best teams in the world, but I'm steadfast. I picked Argentina to win the World Cup. I do not believe in sort of this choke factor. I hate even saying the word. I hate bringing it up, but it's what people believe about this Argentina team. I think they're really, really good. I think they got some of the best players in the world. Did a bounce, a ball bounce this way or that way in the past? Yeah, it probably did. I don't assign much value to that. There's quality on that team. It's better than anybody in South America right now. I think they win the tournament. It's not messy. It's really Lamella that you're really a fan of. I think <laughs> that's right. But, yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I, and I, Gonzalo Higuain. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I can't. I can't say There's that that's not an educated, good choice. How about you, uh, guys? Uh, what else got? Well, I gave I predicted Mexico. So okay, who you got, Alex? Yeah. Pick up the mic real quick. Who you got for this tournament, Copa? This tournament, Copa America. I like Eric's pick with Mexico. Wow, Mexico! I just like those big ass sombreros <laughs> that they wear. I'll get me one of them, baby. I got a big head. I'm gonna have a big sombrero. We're not even gonna be able to <laughs> yeah. fit you into the bar next time to do this. Or he show might or. not be allowed in the bar. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, yeah. who knows? He's, he's barely allowed now. He had to put barely. some glasses in here very, to get in. Very barely. That's true. But, all right, boys. Well, hey, this has been great. We're underway here in the second half. We're live at the Iron Abbey. Hey, if you happen to be driving down 611, come join us here for the second half. Grab a brew. It's on us. And, happy uh, Father's Day to everybody. I want to say that. Wish everyone a happy Father's Day. Are you? Uh, your father, right? So, we're, 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 that's nice. We get one more father here. Alex and I are young, not. We can far, kick these young guys off the off the set. Yes, finally. as far right? as as far as we know, Alex and I are not. So, you know. Yes. Well, I have some news for you. <laughs> we'll save that for there. We'll we'll make that the cliffhanger for next. There show, you okay? go. Okay, so there you go. So happy Father's Day. Sorry to interrupt you, Bob. You were kind of on a roll. Iron Abby, thank you very much. Roy, all the guys, great seeing you. I'm sure we'll be back again. We're getting really good, man. We're really getting around here. You know? We are getting around. Happy Father's Day to you, too. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that was good. I've got no response. That was very, very good. Good evening, everybody, from the Iron Abbey. <laughs>